Well, good morning, and thank you for joining us today on Tetelestai. We have been talking about, over the last uh, week or so, about spiritual war and the armor of God that we hear Paul, or see Paul, writing about in the book of Ephesians in the sixth chapter, and how important it is to our walk with God to be clothed with God's armor. We found out that this armor is of God. This armor is from God. This armor uh, belongs to God. This armor is God. It is God's life in us. We've talked about the schemes and strategies that Paul speaks of that the enemy plots against the people of God and how that we're wrestling against not flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. We're wrestling against a spiritual enemy. We are wrestling against a supernatural spiritual enemy. Therefore, we must have supernatural divine power in order to overcome this enemy. And this battle is to the death. The enemy does not play fair. And the enemy's goal is to steal, to kill and destroy. He's not out playing games. And Paul says that our struggle is against principalities, powers, against unseen forces of wickedness in the unseen realms, in the spiritual realms. We are fighting powers and principalities. We are fighting a hierarchy of fallen angelic beings, demonic spirits that are aligned under the leadership of the adversary, the Satan, and they are all in and committed to the destruction of the body of of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are out to destroy the church. Now, we started talking about the, this, the, the whole idea of these principalities, and we noted that back in Genesis 11, we had the breakdown of the nations, 70 of them. We also know that in Psalm 82, that God allocated the responsibility of ruling these nations to angelic beings. And these are referred to as gods. Now, not God as the most high God, but Elohim as well. But they are angelic beings that God entrusted the authority over these nations to princes. They failed. They led the nations into idolatry, into rebellion against God. And God it was speaking in Psalm 82 of his judgment against them. We know that there is some sort of hierarchy in the spiritual realm obviously you have just like in the heavenly realm on god's side and the side of light and truth and the kingdom we have angels we have archangels we have cherubim we have seraphim and each of them and probably a whole lot more uh, variety of angelic beings than even what scripture tells us about but we have hierarchy there we have different responsibilities and in the kingdom of satan obviously you can bet there's hierarchy there because he wants to be top dog and there are others underneath him and his minions working ultimately his foot soldiers the demonic spirits that are out carrying out the will of these higher these higher up princes in the nations we know that this number 70 is important as well in scripture we know that when Jacob went down into Egypt, he took 70 people with him. There at the Feast of Tabernacles, when it was celebrated, 70 bulls were sacrificed, and these were sacrificed on behalf of the nations. When Moses went up on the mountain 
to meet God. God invited Moses and Aaron uh, and her, as well as Joshua and the leaders of Israel, 70 of them went up and ate and drank before the Lord. Yeshua, the Lord Jesus, when he was sending out his disciples, he first sent the 12 out. And then the next time he sent a mission out, a group of guys, and he sent out 70 in order to minister the kingdom. We know that Daniel, when he had his vision in Daniel 10, that uh, the angelic being that comes to him, many believe Gabriel, is giving him the understanding of the dreams that he's had and the visions that he's had, says that he was resisted for many days by the prince of Persia, a fallen prince. But this prince obviously is very strong. Persia is now modern-day Iran. And he was withstood by this prince of Persia until Michael came and aided him, and he was able to break through and get the answer to Daniel because the answer was sent out the very first day Daniel asked for an answer it was sent out. So there's a lot that's going on in the spiritual realm. There is a war going on all around us. As I've said so many times before on this podcast, we were born into a war zone in an unseen realm, and you and I are the targets in this war from the evil one. God is seeking and he is redeeming and calling out a people for himself all over the face of this earth, and the enemy is heavily at war against us. But we also know that the scripture tells us that Satan is limited in his activity. He is operating on a leash, and that leash is held by God. We also know that the scripture tells us in the book of the Revelation, John sees something that happens to the devil uh, after the victory of the Messiah. And there is there are different interpretations, obviously, over this. But we know that the devil, according to John in chapter 20, in the first three verses, an angel comes down out of heaven, having the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he seizes the dragon, the old serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and he, who deceives the whole inhabited earth and binds him for a thousand years, casts him into the abyss and shuts it and seals it over him that he should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were finished. And after this, this he's freed for a short time. Many believe here that there's a binding that takes place of Satan, but this binding is specific. It is a binding that says, you can't hold the nations in deception anymore, up to the point of the cross, up to the point of what Christ did in his redemptive work and in his incarnation, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and glorification. The nations were held in darkness, as we saw in Psalm 82. These false, these false leaders, these, these angelic fallen beings who have led the nations into darkness are been holding them in darkness and holding them in deception. But after what Christ did, Satan now is bound. Jesus alone has the authority and the keys of Hades and of death. He All authority now is given to Jesus in heaven and on earth, in realms seen and realms unseen. And that the devil now has been bound so that he can no longer hold the nations in darkness. And that came about at the victory of Christ. From that point on, the gospel was able to go forth to the ends of the earth because now the nations not being held in deception and locked into that deception by these fallen powers 
Now the gospel could go forth in power and God could begin to redeem people out of every nation, kindred, tribe, tribe, tongue, and people on the face of the earth. He is snatching them out of the enemy's hands. And the gospel is going forth in power. We also know that John tells us in the later part of Revelation 20 that the devil is going to be loosed, though, at the end of this period of time. Many believe the thousand is a symbolic number representing a very long period of time and that the devil's going to be loosed, and he's going to be able to go out and deceive the nations again, leading them into conflict, the final conflict, the final battle against God and against the people of God. Why has God done what he's done with this binding, with this gospel that's going out, and this good news that is bringing in not just the Jewish people, but the Gentiles? What is that all about? Well, we'll talk about that tomorrow because, again, this war that we're in, this battle that we're in, is manifesting something concerning God and concerning his ultimate purpose and plan that was accomplished through his son, the Messiah. And that plan will be fulfilled, and there's nothing that the powers of darkness can do to stop it. That's part of what this whole war is all about, why we have to wear the armor of God. So we'll get back into this tomorrow, Lord willing. Hope you have a great day. May the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be yours today in fullest measure.